Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hype. Can you please stand up with us as we're going to sing some worship songs? It's kind of weird because the schedule's been changed a little bit. So we're going to do worship, then we're going to go back to play the game, then we're going to come back out here to uh, do the message. All right. that says when you're in the deepest part of your life where you feel like you can't come out of something, when you're in so much trouble, you feel like, oh my gosh, what'd I do? 
but then God just shows you his love and his grace and you come out of it stronger than you did before. I just love singing that message. It just makes me feel good about myself and stuff like that. And it just makes me happy to know that God loves me with all his heart and that I can have some, and then I have backup when I need it. So. my eyes. 
Father, thank you for this wonderful night, Lord, where we can come here and worship you. I just pray tonight, Lord, that we will be safe tonight as we go back and play a game, and then we come out, and then we learn um, your word, Lord, and your message, Lord. And I just pray that the message will speak to our hearts, Lord, as we come out back out here and listen to John speak. Um, in your name I pray, amen. Hey, last week we were going to talk about love, and we ended up loving watching the Cubs win the World Series, which was sweet. So we like that. That's fun. Uh, Nick Agnew somewhere is cheering really loud because the Cubs won the World Series. And so is, so is David Stalter. So if you guys, guys want to show them some love, just go up to them at some point tonight and just do this. Just silently. You don't have to say anything, but just give them a nice, lovely W. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. They don't like the Cubs at all. Um, <laughs> so uh, a couple of things real quick uh, that we're going to kind of go into before we get into the message. The first one is going to come from a Miss Maddie Steinbeck. So, Miss Maddie Steinbeck, I don't know if this is on or not. So, yep, oh, yeah, perfect. Go ahead. Okay, so two things. Um, so now I talked like a while ago about um, prayer groups that we have on Wednesday mornings. And um, now that is changing. We're actually having it on Thursday mornings hey. now at high school because we thought it would be um, more acceptable for students who don't like to wake up early but like to go to FCA in the morning. We thought it'd be cool to do that at 7.30. We actually don't really start to like 7.35, 7.40 typically because, you know, I like my sleep and stuff. So um, if you want to come, it happens on Thursday mornings at 7.30. Middle schoolers, if you want to start this, that'd be totally cool. High schoolers, this is just for high schoolers, but middle schoolers, totally take that step of faith and do it. Um, and then my second thing was Volleyball State is Woo. happening on Friday and Saturday. Sorry. Oh, wow. Um, and that hasn't happened for like 30 years. Woo. And that has been since my coach was playing at State. So it's a pretty big deal. Um, but so if you want to come, tickets are on sale at the high school in the assistant principal's office. Or you can just pay at the door and they're eight bucks. Fan bus is free, so you don't have to pay for that. And so you should totally come support the girls. Um, the game is on Friday at 1.30 at Redbird Arena at ISU. It's going to be a total blast, and we need a lot of green. So come out and support. All right, awesome. And there's, there's a, is, there, is, there an, is there any other state things going on in the area? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So a couple more things. The first one is this. Um, you guys have heard me talk a lot about laser combat. Uh, this is the last week to sign up if you want to come. I really think you should come. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. We got about seven spots available for that. So um, if you want to come to Laser Combat, great. You should. Uh, we have permission slips here. It's $45. We will leave this Saturday at 8 a.m. We will be gone all day. We will be back at 7 p.m. And then I'm going to play Euchre at the Naps House because that's what... I'm doing on Saturday after we get back from team combat. But anyway, um, what we're doing is we're gonna we're gonna drive up in the morning. We'll stop for lunch on the way up. So you'll need to bring some sort of money for like a, McDo a McNasty's or a McDonald's. Um, so we'll stop at we'll stop at like a McNasty's or something like that. And so you'll need money for that for like a for like a, a McChicken sandwich or whatever it is that you like from McNasty's. And then 
And then after that, we're going to go straight to team combat. We're going to play three 45-minute rounds of intense laser ridiculousness because I can't call it laser tag because it's really not laser tag. It's way more intense and awesome than that. Uh, you like disarm briefcases and have missions, and it's, it's loads of fun. They have, like, protect the president. and So we'll play three games with laser combat, and then what we're going to do, we're going to leave that. We're going to go to a pizza buffet in Indiana. We're going to have a pizza buffet where Kelly Knapp is going to uh, beat some sort of male in a pizza eating contest. Whichever, whichever one of those guys wants to step up and see if they can take Kelly in a pizza eating contest. Oh, Connor. Okay, so um, that's what we're going to do, okay? And then once we leave pizza, we'll come back here. It'll be around 7 p.m. or so when we get back, and that's that. So, hey, I need everybody's eyes, everybody's eyes. When are we doing team combat? When is that? Saturday, sweet. So if you haven't signed up, you should. If you have signed up, you should take a permission slip, invite a friend, and have them come with you. So that's that. The second thing, say everybody say thing two. Thing two, ice camp, March third through the fourth. I will have permission slips for that next week. Um, here's the cool thing with Ice Camp. We got in early, um, and I wanted to shoot high. So I told them that they we would bring 30 people to Ice Camp. Um, and so, so we, have, we have 30 spots open for Ice Camp. Uh, we're going to be renting buses and going up with Eureka Bible. It'll be really fun. Um, and those 30 spots are for uh, you guys. So fill those. And it's not buses, I'm sorry, vans. And it'll be a lot of fun. So March 3rd through the 4th, I'll have those permission slips next week. And the final thing is November 20th. Everybody say November 20th. November 20th. Okay, so on November 20th, I, for the first time, get the opportunity to go to Snyder Village. I think you should come. I just think you should come. If you can't come, that's okay. But I think you should come. So uh, we're going to go hang out at Snyder Village. Uh, from my understanding of what we're going to do is we're going to make Thanksgiving decorations and hang out with the residents. Um, bring a friend if you can come this month. And I'm looking forward to it. In, in the future, just so you know, every third Sunday of the month, we go to Snyder Village. Um, I'm going to start trying to be at those more often. I haven't had the chance to go. The only difference is in December, we're going to go on the 2nd. Sunday. So we'll go November 20th, December 11th, and then we'll pick up back on the third Sunday of the month in January. Does that make sense? So you guys should come hang out with us at Snyder Village. It'll be a lot of fun. So if you have a Bible, turn to Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. Um, we're going to talk tonight about worship. Worship. So um, when you guys think of worship, and it doesn't have to be like church, right? But it was just the word worship. When you think of worship, what comes to mind? And it can be church things. I just, someone bowing. Okay. What else comes to mind? Zach? Okay. So another youth group at Wapella Christian Church? Is that what you said? Okay. I like that. Praying, right? Okay. Surrender. Okay. What else comes to mind when you think of worship? <laughs> singing, yes, singing. What else comes to mind? So uh, before, <laughs> before I actually knew and understood what um, worshiping Jesus was or anything like that, the best picture of image that I could ever come up with, how many of you guys have ever seen the, uh, is an old, like, 
cartoon movie. It was called The Road to El Dorado. Has anybody seen that before? Do you guys remember that? That's old school for me. Um, so in The Road to El Dorado, there was a city, these guys discovered a city of gold, and these, these people in this community worshipped these, these crazy gods and this gold, and it was just, that's, that, that movie is what stuck out in my head for the longest when it came to worship. So if you guys ever, ever seen Road to El Dorado, I just figured that would be funny for you. So anything else? What, what else do you think of worship? I know there's more out there. I know somebody's got a goofy thing to say like I did with the Road to El Dorado. Crickets? Crick, 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 crick. Okay, crickets. I'm okay with crickets. So is everybody in Colossians 3? Okay, so worship. Let me ask you this. Why is it so hard for us to define something like worship? Especially if we're a Christ follower in here, right? Because if we're a Christ follower, worship should be a pretty important aspect of what we do. It should. But we usually have a hard time understanding it, or we have a hard time defining it, kind of putting to words what exactly worship is. Tonight and the next two weeks, I really hope to kind of do away with that. My hope is that you guys would truly get a good grasp and understanding of what worship is, and my hope is that you would see it um, in more than one aspect. I think one of the reasons that we, we, we struggle with trying to work up some sort of definition for what worship is is because we only see it in one aspect. You know, we, we see worship as a weekly event where we, we go to a hype or a church and we spend time with other people who are at hype or at church and we, we open up the Bible and we hear some sort of lesson talked about, we hear, we do some sort of singing, we give a little bit of money, we do all of these things and so we take that and we put it into this category as worship. Some of us just take singing and it's just singing, right? And we just see singing as worship. And, and these are pretty, like, one-sided views of what worship is. And, you know, we could even, you know, pop open Webster's Dictionary, right? Like, we could. But even if we pop open Webster's Dictionary, we're going to get this, like, vague, loose definition of just the idea of worship, right? It's not going to have any, any meat to it. It's not going to have any sustenance to it. It's not going to have any, like, oomph to it. It's going to be very vague and abstract, and it's going to be very difficult to understand, and it's going to be a very flexible definition. And so even, even Webster's Dictionary, right, something that we, we would say that we use often when we're looking for information, falls short when it comes to an idea like worship. And again, I think it's because worship in a dictionary, not only is it it's not centered in Scripture, obviously the people who wrote that, when they wrote the definition of worship, they weren't trying to talk about Jesus. They were talking about just the vague understanding of worship across multiple religions. But um, it's not the Scriptures. It's not the Scriptures. And, and you might think I'm crazy for saying that. And if you do, that's okay. I love you. But... It's not coming from the scriptures, and so we don't get an idea of, of what worship in regards to Christ looks like. Because it's more than two aspects. And my hope is, not just tonight, but over the next couple of weeks, you'll see that worship is just as much about our attitude as it is our actions. That worship is just as much about our attitude as it is our actions. You see, that's not just one aspect, it's two our attitude, and our actions. And we're going to see that tonight in Colossians 3. And I hope that what we see most of all is that worship isn't an event. but That worship is a way of life in constant awareness of the presence of God. 
Worship is not just an event. It's not just an attitude. It's not just an action. It's a way of life. The answer is yes. It's all of them. It's an attitude. It's an action. It's awareness. It's constant. It's consistent. It doesn't stop. I hope we see that tonight. I hope we see that in Colossians 3. So I'm going to start in verse 15. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then we're going to break it down. In the, or I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm sorry. I'm going to read, break this down into two sections. The first is going to be verse 15 through 17. It says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, I think in this passage we see two different aspects. Right? What's verse 15 say? Somebody read verse 15 again for me. Anyone? Go for it. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to break this down for just a minute. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Does that sound like an attitude or an action? An attitude. Okay, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. What's called to peace? Is that an attitude or an action? Action, why? Why do you say that's an action? Right, I know it seems plain. I just, I just want to hear. I just want to hear. Right, right. It sounds like an action. What Paul is talking about here, and this is crazy, um, because we don't see this all the time within our churches. And I find it really interesting that God brought us to this scripture the day after an election. Because if there's anything in the church that's going to divide people right now. It's arguing between two different candidates or a dissatisfaction or a satisfaction in who's in office. And it's going to divide people. And if you're not on my side, I, I don't like you. And you're my enemy. And if you are on my side, you're my friend. And even in the church, it's an us against them mentality. But what we see here is that worship translates immediately to unifying peace among other people in the body of Christ because when we have a right attitude towards God, when we have the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts, that word ruling, think of how an umpire rules a baseball game. He calls the shots. What he says goes. The craziest thing about baseball is even with replays, balls are strikes and strikes are balls, right? That's just the game of baseball. There's bad calls all the time, but it doesn't matter because what the empire says rules. But the peace of Christ is not an imperfect umpire or ruler or commander. The peace of Christ is perfect. And when it rules in our hearts to the point where it controls us, yes, controls us, we're so constantly aware of the presence of God that the very presence of God is controlling and dictating the actions that we do the things that we say, the way that we think. The peace of God rule in your hearts so that as members of one body of the church, right? As members of one body of the church, you're called to peace. It is the most ridiculous and childish thing that we allow something like an election to separate us as Christians. 
And yes, I will say that. We shouldn't care who the other person voted for. Why? Why? Because we do not get our hope in a president. We get our hope in the king. Hillary Clinton is not our savior. Donald Trump is not our savior. Jesus Christ is our savior. It's not the peace of Trump. It's not the peace of Clinton. It's not the peace of Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or Tea Party. It's the peace of Christ. It's the peace of Christ. The thing that irritates me the most is that the division doesn't happen so much with you guys as it does adults. But may we come alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ who are tempted to see something like this as uh, divisive. And may we seek to bring unity. Listen, the the people that are going to make America great again are the believers that are in the United States. It's you guys. It's the church. Scripturally speaking, in the eyes of God, that's the only thing that can make anything great again. Is the amazing power of the Holy Spirit, God at work on this earth as it is in heaven. Yes, that is a sidebar. I didn't write any of that down. But I think it's important to talk about. We need to remember that. We need to be renewed in mind by the word that we find our peace, our comfort, and, and all things good from here. We find our security here. Because if you've noticed, when we don't, it starts to shake us a little bit, and we can get very worried and fearful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Gratitude. That's an attitude and an action, right? And I think one of the things that motivates us to worship more than anything else can be our gratitude toward God. Remember the Lord's Prayer that we talked about a while ago when we talked about prayer? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In those first few lines of the Lord's Prayer, we hear gratitude. We hear Jesus acknowledging who God is, and we hear um, this, this almost thankful reverence and respect for his name. He's lifting God's name up above all other names. He's recognizing God as Father and Lord over all things at the same time. He's both near and over. It's a beautiful picture of who God is. But it brings gratitude to our hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I love this because uh, the idea of richly is like in abundance. Don't let the word of Christ just dwell. Let it dwell richly in surplus. Again, it's this idea of a constant awareness of the word of God in your life. This is a constant attitude. It's a way of life. And I love the actions that it lists here. As you teach and admonish one another. Uh, we, you know, I don't have to give you a definition of teaching, but admonish. You remember when we talked about the word is useful? You remember how I told you these, the, all these things we were talking about, they're going to start connecting? Worship is going to be the pretty bow that ties them all up. And it's really cool how, how, how you're going to see this. Admonishing, right? Remember the word is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Rebuking and correcting is the same thing as admonishing. It, to admonish somebody is to counsel them or guide them away from danger. 
It's the same thing you're doing when you're rebuking a brother out of love or a sister out of love as you teach and admonish with all wisdom and as you sing, right? Because worship is singing. We're expressing praise and gratitude and honor to God in singing. We are focused on God in our singing, right? We don't sing to the band up here. We sing with the band to God. And the beautiful thing about a worship team is the worship team gets the privilege of going first in that worship. And so we follow suit. We, we fix our eyes to the Father and we worship alongside of the band, with the band, with each other, unified. Worship is both deeply personal and incredibly corporate, right? It's personal for us, but it's shared by all of us at once. Together we're doing it as one body, called to peace, moving forward in unity. What I love about Paul is like what we see here, we see... Um, this, these first few verses, this is like the theology of worship. Yes, I, I'm going to drop a nice, wonderful ology word on you tonight. That's the theology of worship. And what I love is Paul takes that, the, the, the thinking about worship and what worship means to us and how worship impacts us eternally. And he talks about immediately how it translates into our most, the most intimate parts of our life. The place where you are you the most is at home. The place where your, your sin nature is most worn on your sleeve is when you're at home with the people that you're closest with. It's so easy for me to be sinful to my wife. It's not as easy for me to be sinful to you guys because of the intimacy that my wife and I have. It opens me up to the temptation to sin around her more often. She sees me when I'm at my lowest. You guys don't see that. I'll share it with you, right? But just uh, from a stage, I can't, you can't see all that. You're not following me around in my life. Maybe if I was a rabbi and, and you guys were disciples back in like the first century and you came and lived at my house for three years, maybe you'd see it, right? That's just not the case today. But it's in our, it's in our lives. It's, it's, it's with, our, with our families, with our parents, spouses, whoever we're closest with, friends. They're the ones who are gonna see our mess the most. And what does Paul do here? He shows how worship goes right into the home. Look at, look at verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Look at those. You, we, see, we see husbands and wives. And God doesn't just speak to one, right? He doesn't just speak to the wife and say, submit to your husband. No, no, no. He speaks to the husband and says, love your wife and don't be harsh to her. How dare you be harsh to her? Don't be harsh to her. That is not an expression of my love. Children, obey your parents in everything, right? But immediately, fathers, do not embitter your children. Don't be harsh to your kids. So fathers, don't be harsh to your wives. Don't be harsh to your kids. Kids, obey. Yes, we are called to obey our parents. And yes, our parents are called not to be harsh to us. 
what that doesn't mean is that doesn't mean that the moment that they get upset with you, they're being harsh. No, that's not what that means. I think we know what harsh is, right? That's when it's over the top, right? And it's discouraging if our parents are harsh. I know some, sometimes my parents were harsh to me, and sometimes I was a jerk to them, right? And in that moment, we were equally as sinful. Do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. And then uh, slaves, obey your masters. Imagine being a slave and being told to obey your master, not just when they're looking, but when they're not. And slavery back in the, in the first century, it was, it was way different than like Middle Passage American slavery back in the Civil War times. It was a little different. It was a little more civilized. But they were, they were still slaves. And Paul is saying this. Paul is saying that the love of Christ and the way that worship affects your life is so grand and so incredible that even in the hardest of situations, right, do it as to the Lord and not to people, right? Because as soon as he counsels the slave to say, obey your earthly masters and everything, he tells the master essentially not to be a jerk to the slave. And so we see in your in job, right, in home, in relationship, we see this worship kind of just creeping into every single nook and cranny of life. This idea of worship is, is kind of climaxed and culminated in, in verse 23 where it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So we have a paper here. It's under, your, it's under your chair. Don't grab it yet. Don't grab it yet. Okay, we have 25 minutes. I want you to take this paper. This paper is all about the whatever in whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. And so when you think of a worship as a way of life, so much of, a, of an awareness of the presence of God that it, it literally weaves into every single nook and cranny of our lives. Hey, hit that arrow. That next slide button. Do it. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. It's broken. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wait, do it one more time. Nope. Okay. So, so you have this paper, okay? Worship that fits into every single nook and cranny of your life. One of my favorite parts about here is, is it, it kind of shows a life pie. Like these are the sections of my life. And then it shows a different looking pie that looks a little peculiar. But I, I want you to ask, is worship just a part of my life or is it my life? And that's, that's what I want you to wrestle with. So there's a few questions on there to just kind of prompt some conversation. We're going to spend about 10 minutes doing this on our own. And then I'll make an announcement. I want you to find a partner, and I want you to talk about this with them. And then we're going to close in a song and an offering, okay? So split up. Spend about 10 minutes on this on your own. Go through it. Um, wrestle with the idea of worship in your life. And we're going to partner up in about 10 minutes. I'm going to pray real quick. Uh, pray for our offering, but even more than that, pray for our conversations together. I hope that... Uh, 
I hope that not only did we have some good conversation, but we just began to get a picture of what it looks like uh, to be followers of Jesus, carrying the kingdom of God with us wherever we go, and seeing Christ touch every aspect of our lives, not just being one aspect of our lives, and seeing that as worship, and that worship being our way of life. So let me pray. I'm going to pray for offering, and then we're going to get some singing going. I'm excited. All right. Father God, thank you so much for uh, this evening. Thank you for your word that gives us a clear picture and shows us exactly what worship is. Father, I just uh, think through how, how I think about things, the things that cross my mind on a day-to-day basis, the things that I want to do, the things that consume my mind, the anxieties of my heart. And I ask you, Lord, to um, increase my awareness of your presence in my life. Increase our awareness of your presence in our lives. Let us see uh, you as the center of our life in the sense that we are taking you wherever we go, that in everything we do, we are doing it as for you and not for people. Father, we thank you for the the money that you've given us, and we give it back to you tonight. Uh, God, you don't need it. You don't need our money. But Father, we give it to you as an expression of our gratitude, as an expression of our thankfulness, as an expression of our worship. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you for this wonderful night, Lord, where we can come here and we can worship you, Lord, and we can learn about a wonderful message, Lord, that John speaks to us. And I just pray that tonight the message, message has spoken to us and it impacts our hearts, Lord. And as we leave here, we don't have a switch in our minds, Lord, where we just switch off the, the Christ follower part of us, Lord, and we go on with our lives. We remember this night, Lord, and we remember the message that John spoke to us and then we apply it to our lives and we walk a path in our life that we follow that message by. In your name I pray, amen.